Welcome to the St. Mark's Lutheran Church by the Narrows podcast channel. The sermon you are about to hear is from our worship service on January 2nd, 2022. For more information about the community and ministries of St. Mark's Lutheran Church by the Narrows, you can visit our website, smlutheran.org. There you will find the full online worship service from which this sermon is taken. And if you would like to give gifts to support the ministries of St. Mark's, you'll find information on how to do that there as well. And now, here's Pastor Siggy Helgeson with the Gospel reading. The Gospel according to Matthew, chapter 2, verses 1 through 12. In the time of King Herod, after Jesus was born in Bethlehem of Judea, Magi from the east came to Jerusalem asking, Where is the child who has been born King of the Jews? For we observed his star at its rising and have come to pay him homage. When King Herod heard this, he was frightened and all Jerusalem with him. And calling together all the chief priests and scribes of the people, he inquired of them where the Messiah was to be born. They told him, In Bethlehem of Judea, for so it has been written by the prophet, and you, Bethlehem, in the land of Judah, are by no means least among the rulers of Judah. For from you shall come a ruler who is to shepherd my people Israel. Then Herod secretly called for the Magi and learned from them the exact time when the star had appeared. Then he sent them to Bethlehem, saying, Go and search diligently for the child, and when you have found him, bring me word, so that I may also go and pay him homage. When they had heard the king, they set out, and there, ahead of them, went the star that they had seen at its rising, until it stopped over the place where the child was. When they saw that the star had stopped, they were overwhelmed with joy. On entering the house, they saw the child with Mary, his mother, and they knelt down and paid him homage. Then, opening their treasure chests, they offered him gifts of gold, frankincense, and myrrh. And having been warned in a dream not to return to Herod, they left for their own country by another road. The Gospel of our Lord. Again, I want to wish you a blessed Christmas and New Year. And I hope that you were able to find some comfort and joy this season. I was able to uh, be with some of my kids at home. And one of the things we like to do is watch movies together. And I let them pick. So we watched a movie called Don't Look Up. Well, I'm not endorsing this movie, but I did like the familiar story plot and the A-list actors. It starts out with an astronomer, Kate Dibuskayas, played by Jennifer Lawrence, who's routinely monitoring the sky for anything extraordinary. And on this one night, she notices something. And upon further examination, she sees through her telescope that it's a comet. She's really excited and amazed and goes to tell her colleague, Dr. Randall Mindy, played by Leo DiCaprio. He too very, gets very excited that his doctoral student has made such a discovery. 
And then he starts to calculate where the comet is headed and discovers to his horror that it is on course to hit planet Earth. And upon further calculation, finds out they have only six months before it's going to collide with the Earth's orbit and wreak destruction like the end of times. These two astronomers immediately go to warn the President of the United States, played by Meryl Streep, who simply doesn't want to hear about it and responds with whatever will get her reelected. And off we go through a two-hour power struggle, which ends by either they save the planet or they don't. I'm not going to spoil the ending. But what struck me about this movie is how much the astronomers dedicated their lives to watching the stars and once discovered, followed the comet. They knew where it was at every moment and they tried to warn the world about its coming. The response from the powerful was to say, don't look up lest you see the light and start believing. In the gospel story from Matthew today, we hear about other patient stargazers who spent much of their lives looking up at the night sky. Only in this story, rather than the destruction of the world, this star signifies the birth of a great leader who will bring it salvation. So who were these stargazers? Well, they're referred to as wise men or magi, not as kings as the song goes. And how many were there? Well, it doesn't say. There are three gifts mentioned, but it doesn't mention how many of the magi there were. What we do know is that they were probably astrologers. They came from the east, it's thought Persia, where there was a group of Zoroastrian priests who followed the stars religiously. On one night, looking up at the sky, they see a bright light. They believe it signals the birth of a new king who will bring illumination to the world, brightness, not destruction. So they follow the light of the star and they're led to a palace in Jerusalem, which is there where they would expect to find a newborn king. Well, this news should be greeted with joy, but has the opposite effect on the powerful King Herod who fears losing his power. This causes the king known to kill his own offspring if he was worried they would try to take his throne. And the scripture tells us that he is frightened and all Jerusalem with him. Because if your king is afraid, it's not going to be good. Herod's court priests and scribes find out where the baby is supposed to be born. The exact location? In Bethlehem. And it's only after King Herod finds out when they first saw the star does he send these magi on their way to find the child and then commands them to report back to him 
once they have found out where he is. So he too can worship. These stargazers have been now redirected. And then they see it again. The starlight, it comes to guide them once again and led them right to the place where the child was. And we read at that moment that they were filled with joy. This is Matthew's birth story. In contrast with Luke's gospel, there is no announcement of the heavenly host to the local shepherds. But rather, it is on a silent night that a bright light is noticed many miles away by those who studied the stars and decided to embark on a long journey, not quite knowing where they were going, but willing to take the risk to follow the light. Without a map, a compass, or a GPS, using only a star for directions, the Magi find the child. And when they do, they worship as they would a king, offering gifts fit for a king. And being warned in a dream, they do not go back to Herod, but go home using a different route. Going into a new year, after the last two we have had, many people are simply weary. And some describe feeling lost, not knowing what the future will bring. I believe that this story from Matthew's Gospel is perhaps what we need to hear today. When things look dim and may feel out of control, we need to hear a message to look up, to look towards the illumination of the gospel that points the way to Jesus, to know that we have a GPS, a guidance system, God's precious Son, to guide us through whatever we may encounter. If the Christmas message teaches us anything, it is that God came into this world as a vulnerable baby to bring light and life to all people, from the humble poor shepherds to these foreigners seeking stargazers, to those far and near for all the world and all people. This past week I was reading an article by Pastor Nadia Boltz-Weber. She's a Lutheran pastor who began a mission church in Denver called House for All, Saints and Sinners. And in the article, she talks about her journey from being an alcoholic who spent time in the basements of churches at meetings to becoming a recovering alcoholic who now also spends time in the pulpit. She often, in telling her story, shares how she was the last person who accepted to receive God's grace, but that she found it after being loved by her AA community, which taught her that God's grace was for everyone and that God could even love her. So on her 30th year of sobriety, she wrote this. Had one of them said, hey, angry girl, 
One day you will split your time in these same churches between the basements and the pulpits. I'd have thought they'd lost their last mind. What I mean to say is, you can't get from there to here. The math doesn't work. But one thing I've learned is that when the math doesn't work, when there is a factor you cannot solve, the factor might just be God. I hesitate to speak like this, saying, God gave me this wonderful life, sounds perilously close to a combination of spiritual self-flattery and delusional privilege. But I am here to say that God has done for me what I could never have done for myself. All I can hope is that the rest of my life is lived as a grateful response to this gift of sobriety. God's grace, love, and forgiveness is also for you and me. So look up. Look up to God's love. Let God's light illuminate the path ahead, like the Magi who decided to embark on the long journey. Did they wonder as they were traveling if it was worth it? How did they manage when they lost their way and ended up in Herod's palace? When they were redirected, what helped them pivot so quickly? Was there an inner guidance system that helped them to keep following even when the light was dim? To trust that the journey was worth it? I know that we have all been walking through what seems like an endless journey and pivoting a lot both as individuals making decisions for ourselves and our families, and as a community and our country, even stretching to the world. Not only about how to deal with the worldwide pandemic that seems to keep hanging on, but also making choices about how to care best for our planet, how to care for those most vulnerable among us, and how to stand up to the Herods who would strike fear and grab power at any cost. There are powers in this world that would tell us to keep our heads down, don't look up. Yet there are also stargazers who seek the light and shine that light into the shadows. One who comes to mind is Archbishop Desmond Tutu. It was one who shined brightly in the midst of a very dark time in his country of South Africa during the worst of the long night of apartheid. He died just last Sunday at 90 and has been memorialized by those who knew him best. One of those persons was a photographer who said this of Tutu, that he treated everyone with equal dignity and love. He was the shining light who embodied the African word Ubuntu, which means that we are all connected as the human family. The arch, as he was affectionately referred to, had an impact on so many people as he reflected the love of Christ. The light that he followed shined brightly through him. And once he was quoted as saying, we may be surprised at the people we find in heaven. God has a soft spot for sinners. His standards are quite low.
as we enter this new year. May we know how much we are loved by God and look up to see that your light has come, to follow this GPS, God's perfect, precious Son. I invite you right now to take a moment where you are and look up to see a light. If you lit a candle or if you are able to look into the night sky and think of those who have shined the light in your life, who have guided you through tough times. And then just ponder the wonder of God's love. Allow it to shine in your heart and to guide you into this new year. May you look up, see the light of God's love, and then look out and let it shine through you. Amen.